Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Kenny Akins, the 3D woman, and I'm super excited to be sharing this podcast with you this morning. Today is day four of our praying and fasting for the month of July. Like we all know, that July is the seventh month, the beginning of the second half of the year and seven represents perfection so I'm trusting God that what you were not able to achieve in the last six months God is going to begin to bring to pass those desires beginning from the second half of the year the second half of the year is an opportunity to re-strategize to refocus to give um, a self-evaluation of yourself to be able to know what were the things that uh, distracted you and how can you get back on track like you know in a football game the score at halftime is not the final score even if your opponent is leading by the halftime you can go back the, the 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 work of the coach is to go back to re-strategize, to reinvent, to be able to um, map out new strategies to accomplish desires so that at the end of the game, the team comes out tops. So the same goes for you and I as we enter the month of July, which is the month of perfection. I'd like to say to you that God will always prepare you before you go to battle or before you go to war. And when I mean battle or war, I do not mean necessarily having to confront any witchcraft or any um, thing. What I mean by battles will, could also mean your assignments and that, uh, that you need to fulfill in your future or your purpose or getting in track or getting to achieve those things that are burning you know in your heart those are things that you are facing those are things that you need to confront and i'm trusting god that today as we look at our topic god almighty will come through for you and um, your mind will expand and you'll be able to conceive strategies and ways to bring these desires to pass So today we are going to be looking at teach me what to do and how to do it. Teach me what to do and how to do it. And between you and I, uh, this this prayer point can also be used for your normal day-to-day activity, your normal day-to-day life, or maybe you need to confront a particular thing, you need direction from God. This uh, prayer prayer points will help you achieve a lot. So our first text is going to be taken from Psalm 144, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, Blessed be the Lord my God, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield, and in he, it is he in whom I trust, who subdueth, people under me the second scripture i'm going to be reading is psalm 18 verse 3 it says god is the one that teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my hands 
Can you see yourself doing the unimaginable and doing the unthinkable and doing the unbelievable? I'm trusting you that you'll be able to do the impossible even um, as you you focus and as you confront those things that you desire in the name of Jesus. So this first scripture is telling us that God is your strength. Several times we are weak, several times we are tired, several times we lose focus, several times we we are, we are discouraged, several times we are depressed, several times you know things overwhelm us but if you acknowledge god as your strength then you are able to renew your strength even when you are weak and when whenever you are strong you are able to tap into the limitless power that god has made available for you so that he can begin to teach you what you do not know he teaches your hands to war your fingers to fight god is the greatest teacher uh, his spirit is there to guide us at all times when we do not know what to do so several times i encourage people to pull in you know to pull in into the their closet and to be able to speak to god and ask god lord teach me what to do show me what to do also one of the things i like to tell people um is about god opening your eyes to possibilities to the different ways he wants to teach you god can teach you in different ways he can, he can teach you through mentors. He can teach you through a podcast like this. He can teach you through his word. He can teach you through you taking courses. He can teach you through you going through training. He can teach you through uh, different means. You know, it's not all. Several times we believers, you know, we get caught in this web of being too spiritual about things. You know, so that the things that we are ordinarily expected to get up to do, we begin to spiritualize those things. So I'm trusting God to be able to teach you, you know, to be able to show you what to do concerning that situation of your life. It's part of he, his ways of leading you. Another way God teaches you is for is, uh, is a scenario where you are able to do um, the impossible, where you are able to come out of your shell, where you are able to come out of your um, lim- limitations. You see yourself coming out of those limitations. You see yourself just daring to do the impossible. And one of the ways you do that is by boldness and by courage. You know, it's by you telling yourself, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can confront this situation. I can challenge my opposition. I can do the unimaginable. And number two is taking risks. It's taking risks. Those are the ways you are able to do the unimaginable. If you keep them, if you stay in the comfort zone, you might not be able to come out of your shell to do, you know, to do stuff. So uh, the psalmist was saying, yeah, you, are, you are the one that gave me the grace and the power to be able to break a bow of steel. I mean, I mean, ordinarily you cannot bend a steel. You cannot bend a steel. But here he's saying, thank you, Lord, for teaching me my hands to war, giving me the skill, giving me what it takes. Sometimes it will mean that we have to go and learn a skill. You know, take your time, pay to learn these skills, you know, so that we can begin to achieve some of these things. You know, that a bow of steel is broken by my hands. That's doing the impossible. That is doing the unimaginable. That is doing the... The, 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 that which a lot of people think is, is not doable. I believe you can do it. So we're going to take a few prayer points this morning. The first one says, God, teach me to do the impossible and the unimaginable. Teach me productivity. Teach me how to be able to create wealth. Help me to reskill, upskill and upskill. These are prayer points that you are, you are trusting God for this morning. 
you know you're trusting god for this morning that's the first prayer request that we are, we are praying this morning father lord teach me um, how to do it second prayer requ- point is lord help me to re-strategize for the next stage of my life i'm perceiving in my spirit that there are some new seasons that are about to be unveiled and you need uh, a new strategy for a new level you need a new strategy for a new level i heard some i mean i've heard this statement a couple of times that for every new level there's a new devil and <laughs> trust me it's not the little little strategy that you use to overcome the enemy that you will you know use for every level so for every new level there's a new strategy so lord help me to re-strategize for the next phase of my life to be able to confront those things that will be i mean hindrances that will be oppositions in the name of jesus lord the third prayer request is i want to reinvent replan and refocus myself for the next phase of my life want to reinvent want to replan i want to refocus on the things that matter in the name of jesus the next prayer point is father subdue things resisting change in my life under me there are some things in you that we just want to risk might be an emotional thing it might be fear it might be inferiority complex you need to subdue those things you need to submerge those things those things need to go down so that the real you can come up those things need to go down so that the real you can come make it achievable for me in the name of jesus and finally lord help me to do the unimaginable for i can do all things through christ that strengthens me i want to challenge you you have to put yourself in a proper frame of mind that these things are doable that these things are they are possible you need to put yourself in that frame of mind and i'm trusting that god will come through for you god bless you And I pray that you have testimonies to share the next time I see you and the next time I need to hear from you. Bye-bye. So in the first segment, I've been able to deal with the identity issues, trying to know who you are. And trust me, no one will do that for you but yourself. I've said it that if you are not holding on to something, you will fall for anything. If you like to give excuses, you'll be excused out of destiny. But if you are the type of person who doesn't give excuses or you are not looking for who to blame or who to or what to uh, place your um, challenges on or pointing accusing fingers that it's because of this or it's because of that, that I'm like this and ready to take up the responsibility to face your life and to make something meaningful out of it with the help of God, God indeed will help you. In this second segment, I'm going to be looking at what I have subtitled, Bow and Bone, or Bow and Blow. I'm very careful with my my choice of um, words, because I want to speak the language of the youths now. Um, I have grown up children, and like I said, sometimes I hear them discussing and say, oh, this young person has blown. Ah, the guy has the guy blew on the on the internet. He was having ten followers before. Now on Instagram, he's having ten thousand followers. And they, they, I hear all sorts of things. You know, things that youths of today are are excited about. You know, things that uh, have no substance, but unfortunately, is what this generation are focused on. Things that cannot stand the test of time. You know, um, 
um, programs online, Big Brother, Nigeria, Big Brother, Africa, uh, Small Brother, this, I mean, whatever. You know, in our days, we weren't much under this kind of pressure. But I tell you the honest truth. Sometimes we need this pressure so that the best in us can come out. It's like you taking an orange uh, and trying to squeeze it, and the orange is, is crying. I'm tired. It's enough. Oh, they, I mean, uh, it's enough. And the person squeezing it is saying, the juice is yet to come out. I'm almost done. That is the way it is. These pressures are also supposed to bring out the best in us. So you, are, you either bow and burn, or you bow and blow. And I will explain what I mean by that. In the book of Daniel, there is a very interesting story about three Hebrew youths. These youths had a challenge at some point in time in their life, which was going to determine whether they were going to bow and burn or they were going to bow and blow. <laughs> and I'm sure you are wondering, oh, is there a story like that in the Bible? Yes, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. For the purpose of our time, I would just like to summarize the story. The story has it that there was a king at that time called Nebuchadnezzar that set up a golden image whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. The king set it up and commanded the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to gather round this golden image that he has set up. And he gave a decree and said, immediately this, you hear the sound of the cornet, of the flute, of the harp, of the psaltery, dulcima, and all kinds of music. You must fall down and worship this golden image that I have set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship this idols will be cast into the fairy furnace in the same hour. So it was a decree. It was an instruction. And I want us to know that the youths of today, the people of today, we are confronted with this kind of situation where we have images that have been set up, where we have things that we are supposed to bow to. I was so thrilled when I read in that verse 5, that immediately they hear the sound of a particular music. I want to ask us, the youths of today, what kind of voice are you hearing? What kind of music are we hearing? Because what we see, what we hear, goes a long way in determines what happens to us. The same social media that you are using to do all sorts of negative things. You can use the same social media for positive gains, a whole lot of gains, like the kind of session we are having tonight. So in these days that we are living in, you can imagine princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, old, young people bowing down to all kinds of idols because there is no longer standards in our society. Bowing down to all kinds of vices because God is missing in our midst. So the king gave the commandment. It was a decree. And immediately they sounded that um, music. Everybody fell down flat. Everybody bowed. And because 
they bowed, they, so to speak, got immediate gratification. Now, let me quickly say something about that, about delayed gratification. And what I mean by that, the ability to discipline yourself to delay gratification in the short term in order to enjoy greater rewards in the long term is, is the indispensable prerequisite for a life of success to enter into the next phase of your life. Did you hear that? Delayed gratification. These other sets of people wanted immediate gratification because they, 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 they wanted the king to see that, oh, I service, they were there. They wanted him to think that, oh, yes, he was, they were part of him. And they bowed, you know, for the, for, because of the gains that they were going to get in the immediate, which is a challenge of a lot of people for today. We trade tomorrow for today. Because of the little pleasure that we want to get, we forget where we are going to. We forget our future. We forget that thing that will stand the test of time. But that was not the case of these three young Hebrew boys. No wonder they are, they are called the 3D the three D youths. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not bow. They did not bow in the face of adversity. They did not bow in the face of, of, of opposition. And then... Some of the lords went and reported them. A lot of youths today are fearful. We are afraid of what our friends will say. We are afraid of what that person will say. In fact, these days I hear that young girls who are even virgins, they are scared to tell their friends that they are virgins because they will laugh at them. What is supposed to be a thing of pride is now something to be shy and be embarrassed about. What moral decadence in our society. But we are trusting God today that God will raise a set of you. The Bible says, a seed shall serve the Lord. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation that you will qualify for that next level, that you will qualify for that place that God is taking you to. So these three young men, they didn't bow. And then they called them. And the king was very angry and said, bring them. And the king asked them, is it true that when they sounded the alarm, when they sounded the um, flute, none of you bowed? And hear what these three young dynamic men said. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king and said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning fairy furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand. But if, if not, be it known unto you, O King, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then the King Nebuchadnezzar was very furious and his form changed against these three young men and he called that they should hit the furnace seven times more and that they should be thrown into the furnace of fire these three young men were not scared of the king's urgent command because they knew that their future had something greater in store several times when i read that place i ask myself why didn't they bow and this is the question that a lot of us need to ask ourselves as youths of today. Why is it that in the face of adversity, why is it that as a young man or as a young woman, when you are confronted with something that is not right in the face, you would rather go hungry. You will rather starve yourself. You will rather maintain that uh, level of obedience with God than for you to go to the other side of disobedience. Why? 
they were disciplined enough to think of a greater reward than immediate gratification. And that is a problem a lot of us, a lot of young people today cannot handle. We want it now. We want to blow now. We want everything now. We, we, we don't care what anybody has done. The pressure is much. Friends are calling you to come and do Yahoo. You are, you, are, you are tired. You don't even know what to do. You are embarrassed. You can't tell people where you live. You, the low step esteem is there because of your stature. You can't go out. You can't speak out. I want to challenge you today. Today is a new day for you. Today is a day that has been set apart for you. For you to go back into your roots. For you to recognize who you are. For you to speak to yourself and i speak life to you today that you will remember who you are in god for if a man is in christ is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things have become new in the real sense these three young men didn't bow they didn't bow to the idol of king nebuchadnezzar no wonder god changed their story i'd like to tell you what quickly happened to them as i round up this segment Eventually, what happened? The king was very angry. He threw them into the furnace. The furnace was burning. They hit it. They hit it 10 times over. It was hot. The story has it that the men that wanted to push them into the fire got burnt before them. How that happened, I don't know. Because it is expected that they were supposed to be in front, but these men were behind them. And they, they, were, they pushed them into it. And everybody was watching. The world is watching us. You might not know. People are watching you. You might not know. Life is watching you. You might not know. Everybody wants to see what will become of you. And if you do not bow, you will not burn. Are you with me? If you do not bow, you will not burn. And then what happened? Immediately they fell down. What was going through their mind? They must have been scared. But somehow, somehow within them, they just knew that God was, was able to protect them. All of a sudden, the king got up. In astonishment and said did we not cast three men into the fire i can see four men there and lo and behold the fourth one looks like the son of god i want to tell you youth you are not alone you are not by yourself even in the midst of that fire the story has that they fell down there men might be laughing at you now keep at what you are doing do what you know to do best david when saul puts on um, um the cloak put on the helmet, put on everything, and told him to go and fight Goliath. He said, King, I have not tried these things. All these things you put on me, it, doesn't, it cannot work for me. Let me know what I know to do best. Because several times in the past, I have taken a, a lion by my hands, and I have torn it and killed it. Several times I've taken a bear, and I've torn them into pieces. I believe that this Goliath is not different from the same, because the same God that did it in the past, he's able to do it. And what he did to you, he went beside the the, 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 the streams and picked up five stones. What is your own five stones? God wants to show you today. God wants to tell you those things that you will need to be able to move from the dimension you are into the next dimension. For these young men, their faith was their five stones. For David, his five stones was what God used to take him to the next level. I'm trusting God that God is set to do some things in your life today that will move you to the next level of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. 
Now, it had to take Nebuchadnezzar himself to see this man. The same man who persecuted them was the same man who saw the glory in their life. I tell you what, the same set of people who are laughing at you, when your day of reckoning comes, when your day of visitation comes, they will be the one that will sing your praises. The same set of girls who laughed that you didn't wear that wig or you are too, you look too archaic or you look this. They are the same set of people who will hear of the great and mighty things that God is doing in your life. He took Nebuchadnezzar himself. No other person saw it but him. And all of a sudden he said, please bring this man out. And they rushed and took off the light by the time they came out their body didn't smell of smoke their clothes were not burnt they came out alive and i want you to know that if you bow to the living god he will cause you to blow if you bow to the living god he will cause you to blow let me tell you how these men blew let me let me how they blew in, the, in, your, in your in your real context they did blow let me tell you how that happened immediately that happened the king changed his mind he changed his mind in verse 29. He says, therefore, I make a decree today that every nation, every people, every language that does not speak, which speak anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces. Their houses will be a dunghill because there is no God that can deliver after these sorts. I beg to submit to you, the youths of today, hear me and hear me well. I know that you are going through a lot of pressure right now. I know you are going through a lot of, of, of difficulties right now confronting you. But I want you to know that if you do not change in the midst of adversity, things will change for you. These men didn't change because of the law. The law changed because of them. You, you, did you hear that? The king had to change the law. He had to change it, the, the decree. He had to reverse it. And he said to them, he said, from today... This is now the new law because I saw people who were not willing to change because of the law. The law must change because of them. I'm speaking to your lives as youth today that because you have refused to bow, you will not burn, but you will blow. Let me tell you what it means to blow. Because God told me, yes, I'm going to cause this youth to blow. And that blowing, what it means to blow, B-L-O-W, beautiful life that others are watching. <laughs> A beautiful life that others are watching. A beautiful life that others are watching. God is going to cause you to blow. He is going to cause you to blow. You will be an inspiration. You will become a standard. You will become an enigma. You will become a reference point in the mighty name of Jesus God. God will make your life beautiful. He will make your life so beautiful that others will watch you, will watch you blow, will watch you be a, be a, a vessel in his hands. Hear me. While others sit, you stand. While others sit, you stand. And while others stand, you become the standard. While others sit down doing nothing and they're idle, you get up and make a move. There are a lot of things I'm going to be showing you in the next segment that you will be able to apply to your life that will move you from where you are. These young men, God promoted them first in the realm of the spirit before those things manifested. And God made them. He said, because of these people, God made a new decree that favored them and positioned them. Because you are not the type to compromise in the day when they need someone to man a position, in the day when they need someone of integrity your name will be mentioned in the day when they need a good reference point your name will be mentioned and the bible says the king promoted them look at that shadrach meshach and abednego i am trusting god that you will be a youth that we blow you will be a youth that that blow that you want to blow you will blow it <laughs> in the name of jesus in the name of jesus if you don't do internet fraud, you will blow. If you are not a prostitute, you will blow. If you are not idle, you will blow. If you are ready to volunteer, you will blow.
blow. If you are ready to be humble, you will blow. If you are ready to learn techie tools, you will blow. If you are willing to, 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 to make yourself relevant, you will blow. If you are ready to go under mentorship, you will blow. And I pray that God will make your life be, make you a beautiful life that others are watching. Are you ready to blow? So in the first segment, I've been able to deal with the identity issues, trying to know who you are. And trust me, no one will do that for you but yourself. I've said it that if you are not holding on to something, you will fall for anything. If you like to give excuses, you will be excused out of destiny. But if you are the type of person who doesn't give excuses or you are not looking for who to blame or who to or what to uh, place your um, challenges on or pointing accusing fingers that it's because of this or it's because of that that I'm like this and ready to take up the responsibility to face your life and to make something meaningful out of it with the help of God, God indeed will help you. In this second segment, I'm going to be looking at what I have subtitled Bow and Bond. Or bow and blow. I'm very careful with my my choice of um, words because I want to speak the language of the youths now. Um, I have grown up children, and like I said, sometimes the I hear them discussing and say, "Oh, this young person has blown." Ah, the guy has the guy blow on the on the internet. He was having ten followers before. Now on Instagram, he's having ten thousand followers, and they, they I hear all sorts of things. You know, things that youths of today are, are excited about. You know, things that. Uh, have no substance but unfortunately is what this generation are focused on things that cannot stand the test of time you know um, um programs online big brother nigeria big brother africa uh, small brother this i mean whatever you know in our days we weren't much under this kind of pressure but i tell you the honest truth sometimes we need this pressure so that the best in us can come out it's like you taking an orange uh, and trying to squeeze it, and the orange is, is crying. I'm tired. It's enough. Oh, they, I mean, uh, it's enough. And the person squeezing it is saying, the juice is yet to come out. I'm almost done. That is the way it is. These pressures are also supposed to bring out the best in us. So you, are, you either bow and burn, or you bow and blow. And I will explain what I mean by that. In the book of Daniel, there is a very interesting story about three Hebrew youths. These youths had a challenge at some point in time in their life, which was going to determine whether they were going to bow and burn or they were going to bow and blow. <laughs> and I'm sure you're wondering, oh, is there a story like that in the Bible? Yes, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. For the purpose of our time, I would just like to summarize the story. The story has it that there was a king at that time called Nebuchadnezzar that set up a golden image whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. The king set it up and commanded the princes the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to gather round this golden image that he has set up. And he gave a decree and said, immediately this, you hear the sound of the cornet, of the flute, of the harp, of the psaltery, 
dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship this golden image that I have set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship these idols will be cast into the fairy furnace in the same hour. So it was a decree. It was an instruction. And I want us to know that the youths of today, the people of today, we are confronted with this kind of situation where we have images that have been set up, where we have things that we are supposed to bow to. I was so thrilled when I read in that verse 5 that immediately they hear the sound of a particular music. I want to ask us, the youths of today, what kind of voice are you hearing? What kind of music are we hearing? Because what we see, what we hear, goes a long way in determines what happens to us. The same social media that you are using to do all sorts of negative things, you can use the same social media for positive gains, a whole lot of gains, like the kind of session we are having tonight. So, in these days that we are living in, you can imagine princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, old, young people bowing down to all kinds of idols because there is no longer standards in our society. Bowing down to all kinds of vices because God is missing in our midst. So the king gave the commandment. It was a decree. And immediately they sounded that um, music, everybody fell down flat. Everybody bowed. And because they bowed, they, so to speak, got immediate gratification. Now, let me quickly say something about that, about delayed gratification. And what I mean by that, the ability to discipline yourself to delay gratification in the short term in order to enjoy greater rewards in the long term is, is the indispensable prerequisite for a life of success to enter into the next phase of your life. Did you hear that? Delayed gratification. These other sets of people wanted immediate gratification because they, 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 they wanted the king to see that, oh, I service, they were there. They wanted him to think that, oh, yes, he was, they were part of him. And they bowed you know, for the, for, because of the gains that they were going to get in the immediate, which is a challenge of a lot of people for today. We trade tomorrow for today. Because of the little pleasure that we want to get, we forget where we are going to. We forget our future. We forget that thing that will stand the test of time. But that was not the case of these three young Hebrew boys. No wonder they are, they are called the, three, the 3D youths. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not bow. They did not bow in the face of adversity. They did not bow in the face of, of, of opposition. And then... Some of the lords went and reported them. A lot of youths today are fearful. 
We are afraid of what our friends will say. We are afraid of what that person will say. In fact, these days I hear that young girls who are even virgins, they are scared to tell their friends that they are virgins because they will laugh at them. What is supposed to be a thing of pride is now something to be shy and be embarrassed about. What moral decadence in our society. But we are trusting God today that God will raise a set of you. The Bible says, a seed shall serve the Lord. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation that you will qualify for that next level, that you will qualify for that place that God is taking you to. So these three young men, they didn't bow. And then they called them. And the king was very angry and said, bring them. And the king asked them, is it true that when they sounded the alarm, when they sounded the um, flutes, none of you bowed? And hear what these three young dynamic men said. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king and said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning fairy furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand. But if, if not, be it known unto you, O King, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar was very furious and his form changed against these three young men. And he called that they should eat the furnace seven times more and that they should be thrown into the furnace of fire. These three young men were not scared of the king's urgent command because they knew that their future had something greater in store. Several times when I read that place, I ask myself, why didn't they bow? And this is the question that a lot of us need to ask ourselves as youths of today. Why is it that in the face of adversity, why is it that as a young man or as a young woman, when you are confronted with something that is not right in the face, you would rather go hungry. You will rather starve yourself. You will rather maintain that a level of obedience with God than for you to go to the other side of disobedience. Why? They were disciplined enough to think of a greater reward than immediate gratification. And that is a problem a lot of us, a lot of young people today cannot handle. We want it now. We want to blow now. We want everything now. We, we, we don't care what anybody has done. The pressure is much. Friends are calling you to come and do Yahoo. You are, you, are, you are tired. You don't even know what to do. You are embarrassed. You can't tell people where you live. You, the low step esteem is there because of your stature. You can't go out. You can't speak out. I want to challenge you today. Today is a new day for you. Today is a day that has been set apart for you. For you to go back into your roots. For you to recognize who you are. For you to speak to yourself and I speak life to you today that you will remember who you are in God for if a man is in Christ is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things have become new in the real sense these three young men didn't bow they didn't bow to the idol of King Nebuchadnezzar no wonder God changed their story I'd like to tell you what quickly happened to them as I round up this segment Eventually, what happened? The king was very angry. He threw them into the furnace. The furnace was burning. They hit it. They hit it 10 times over. It was hot. The story has it that the men that wanted to push them into the fire got burnt before them. How that happened, I don't know. Because it is expected that they were supposed to be in front. But these men were behind them. And 
they, they, were, they pushed them into it and everybody was watching. The world is watching us. You might not know. People are watching you. You might not know. Life is watching you. You might not know. Everybody wants to see what will become of you. And if you do not bow, you will not burn. Are you with me? If you do not bow, you will not burn. And then what happened? Immediately they fell down. What was going through their mind? They must have been scared. But somehow, somehow within them, they just knew that God was, was able to protect them. All of a sudden, the king got up in astonishment and said, Did we not cast three men into the fire? I can see four men there. And lo and behold, the fourth one looks like the son of God. I want to tell you, you, you are not alone. You are not by yourself. Even in the midst of that fire, the story has that they fell down there. Men might be laughing at you now. Keep at what you are doing. Do what you know to do best. David, when Saul put on um, um, the cloak, put on the helmet, put on everything, and told him to go and fight Goliath, he said, King, I have not tried these things. All these things you put on me, it, doesn't, it cannot work for me. Let me know what I know to do best. Because several times in the past, I have taken... A, a lion by my hands and I have torn it and killed it. Several times I've taken a bear and I've torn them into pieces. I believe that this Goliath is not different from the same because the same God that did it in the past is able to do it. And what did he do? He went beside the the, 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 the streams and picked up five stones. What is your own five stones? God wants to show you today. God wants to tell you those things that you will need to be able to move from the dimension you are into the next dimension. For these young men, their faith was their five stones. For David, his five stones was what God used to take him to the next level. I'm trusting God that God is set to do some things in your life today that will move you to the next level of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. Now, it had to take Nebuchadnezzar himself to see this man. The same man who persecuted them was the same man who saw the glory in their life. I tell you what, the same set of people who are laughing at you, when your day of reckoning comes, when your day of visitation comes, they will be the one that will sing your praises. The same set of girls who laughed that you didn't wear that wig or you are too, you look too archaic or you look this, they are the same set of people who will hear of the great and mighty things that God is doing in your life. He took Nebuchadnezzar himself. No other person saw it but him. And all of a sudden he said, please bring this man out. And they rushed and took off the light. By the time they came out, their body didn't smell of smoke. Their clothes were not burnt. They came out alive. And I want you to know that if you bow to the living God, he will cause you to blow. If you bow to the living God, he will cause you to blow. Let me tell you how these men blew. Let me, let me, how they blew in, the, in, your, in, your, in your real context. They did blow. Let me tell you how that happened. Immediately that happened, the king changed his mind. He changed his mind in verse 29. He says, therefore, I make a decree today that every nation, every people, every language that does not speak, which speak anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces. Their houses will be a dunghill because there is no God that can deliver after these sorts. I beg to submit to you, the youths of today, hear me and hear me well. I know that you are going through a lot of pressure right now. I know you are going through a lot of, of, of difficulties right now confronting you. But I want you to know that if you do not change in the midst of adversity, things will change for you. These men didn't change because of the law. The law changed because of them. You, you, did you hear that? The king had to change the law. He had to change it, the, the decree. He had to reverse it. And he said to them, he said, from today, 
this is now the new law because I saw people who were not willing to change because of the law. The law must change because of them. I'm speaking to your lives as youth today that because you have refused to bow, you will not burn, but you will blow. Let me tell you what it means to blow. Because God told me, yes, I'm going to cause this youth to blow. And that blowing, what it means to blow, B-L-O-W, beautiful life that others are watching. <laughs> a beautiful life that others are watching. A beautiful life that others are watching. God is going to cause you to blow. He is going to cause you to blow. You will be an inspiration. You will become a standard. You will become an enigma. You will become a reference point in the mighty name of Jesus. God, God will make your life beautiful. He will make your life so beautiful that others will watch you, will watch you blow, will watch you be a, be a, a, a vessel in his hands. Hear me, while others sit, you stand. While others sit, you stand. And while others stand, you become the standard. While others sit down doing nothing and they're idle, you get up and make a move. There are a lot of things I'm going to be showing you in the next segment that you will be able to apply to your life that will move you from where you are. These young men, God promoted them first in the realm of the spirit before those things manifested. And God made them. He said because of these people, God made a new decree that favored them and positioned them. Because you are not a type to compromise. In the day when they need someone to man a position, in the day when they need someone of integrity, your name will be mentioned. In the day when they need a good reference point, your name will be mentioned. And the Bible says the king promoted them. Look at that. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I am trusting God that you will be a youth that will blow. You will be a youth that with that blow that you want to blow, you will blow it. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you don't do internet fraud, you will blow. If you are not a prostitute, you will blow. If you are not idle, you will blow. If you are ready to volunteer, you will blow. If you are ready to be humble, you will blow. If you are ready to learn techie tools, you will blow. If you are willing to, 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 to make yourself relevant, you will blow. If you are ready to go under mentorship, you will blow. And I pray that God will make your life, be, make you a beautiful life that others are watching. Are you ready to blow? So in the first segment, I've been able to deal with the identity issues, trying to know who you are. And trust me, no one will do that for you but yourself. I've said it that if you are not holding on to something, you will fall for anything. If you like to give excuses, you'll be excused out of destiny. But if you are the type of person who doesn't give excuses or you are not looking for who to blame or who to or what to uh, place your um, challenges on or pointing accusing fingers that it's because of this or it's because of that that i'm like this and ready to take up the responsibility to face your life and to make something meaningful out of it with the help of god god indeed will help you in this second segment i'm going to be looking at what i have subtitled bow and bond or bow and blow I'm very careful with my, my choice of um, words because I want to speak the language of the youths now. Um, I have grown up children and like I said, sometimes they I hear them discussing and say, oh, this young person has blown. Ah, the guy has, the guy blew on the, he, he, on the internet. He was having 10 followers before. Now he, on Instagram, he's having 10,000 followers. And they, they, I hear all sorts of things, you know, things that youths of today are, are excited about. You know, things that 
have no substance but unfortunately is what this generation have focused on things that cannot stand the test of time you know um um, programs online big brother nigeria big brother africa uh, small brother this i mean whatever you know in our days we weren't much on that this kind of pressure but i tell you the honest truth sometimes we need this pressure so that the best in us can come out it's like you taking an orange uh, and trying to squeeze it and the orange is, is crying i'm tired it's enough Oh, they, I mean, uh, it's a, and the person squeezing it is saying, the juice is yet to come out. I'm almost done. That is the way it is. These pressures are also supposed to bring out the best in us. So you, are, you either bow and burn or you bow and blow. And I will explain what I mean by that. In the book of Daniel, there is a very interesting story about three Hebrew youths. These youths add... A challenge at some point in time in their life which was going to determine whether they were going to bow and burn or they were going to bow and blow <laughs> and I'm sure you are wondering oh is there a story like that in the Bible yes the story of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego for the purpose of our time I'll just like to summarize the story the story has it that there was a king at that time called Nebuchadnezzar that set up a golden image whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. The king set it up and commanded the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to gather round this golden image that he has set up. And he gave a decree and said, Immediately the, you hear the sound of the cornet, of the flute, of the harp, of the psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music. You must fall down and worship this golden image that I have set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship these idols will be cast into the fairy furnace in the same hour. So it was a decree. It was an instruction. And I want us to know that the youths of today, the people of today, we are confronted with this kind of situation where we have images that have been set up, where we have things that we are supposed to bow to. I was so thrilled when I read in that verse 5 that immediately they hear the sound of a particular music. I want to ask us, the youths of today, what kind of voice are you hearing? What kind of music are we hearing? Because what we see, what we hear, goes a long way in determining what happens to us. The same social media that you are using to do all sorts of negative things, you can use the same social media for positive gains, a whole lot of gains, like the kind of session we are having tonight. So, in these days that we are living in, you can imagine princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, old, young people bowing down to all kinds of idols because there is no longer standards in our society. Bowing down to all kinds of vices because God is missing in our midst. So the king gave the commandment. It was a decree. 
and immediately they sounded that uh, music everybody fell down flat everybody bowed and because they bowed they so to speak got immediate gratification now let me quickly say something about that about delayed gratification and what i mean by that the ability to discipline yourself to delay gratification in the short term in order to enjoy greater rewards in the long term is is the indispensable prerequisite for a life of success to enter into the next phase of your life did you hear that delayed gratification these other sets of people wanted immediate gratification because they they they, they wanted the king to see that oh i service they were there they wanted him to think that oh yes he was they were part of him and they bowed you know for the for because of the gains that they were going to get in the immediate which is a challenge of a lot of people for today we trade tomorrow for today because of the little pleasure that we want to get we forget where we are going to we forget our future we forget that thing that will stand the test of time but that was not the case of these three young hebrew boys no wonder they are they are called the three the three d youths shadrach meshach and abednego they did not bow they did not bow in the face of adversity they did not bow in the face of 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 opposition and then some of the lords went and reported them a lot of youths today are fearful we are afraid of what our friends will say we are afraid of what that person will say in fact these days i hear that young girls who are even virgins they are scared to tell their friends that they are virgins because they will laugh at them what she is supposed to be a thing of pride is now something to be shy and be embarrassed about what moral decadence in our society but we are trusting god today that god will raise a set of you the bible says a seed shall serve the lord it shall be accounted to the lord for a generation that you will qualify for that next level that you will qualify for that place that god is taking you to so these three young men they didn't bow and then they called them and the king was very angry and said bring them and the king asked them is it true that when they sounded the alarm when they sounded the um, flute none of you bowed and hear what these three young dynamic men said Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered the king and said O King Nebuchadnezzar we are not careful to answer you if it be so our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning fairy furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand but if, if not be it known unto you O King that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up then the king nebuchadnezzar was very furious and his form changed against these three young men and he called that they should heat the furnace seven times more and that they should be thrown into the furnace of fire these three young men were not scared of the king's urgent command because they knew that their future had something greater in store several times when i read that place i ask myself why didn't they bow and this is the question that a lot of us need to ask ourselves as youths of today why is it that in the face of adversity why is it that as a young man or as a young woman when you are confronted with something that is not right in the face you would rather go hungry 
you will rather starve yourself. You will rather maintain that level of obedience with God than for you to go to the other side of disobedience. Why? They were disciplined enough to think of a greater reward than immediate gratification. And that is a problem a lot of us, a lot of young people today cannot handle. We want it now. We want to blow now. We want everything now. We, we, we don't care what anybody has done. The pressure is much. Friends are calling you to come and do Yahoo. You are, you, are, you are tired. You don't even know what to do. You are embarrassed. You can't tell people where you live. You, the low step esteem is there because of your stature. You can't go out. You can't speak out. I want to challenge you today. Today is a new day for you. Today is a day that has been set apart for you. For you to go back into your roots. For you to recognize who you are. For you to speak to yourself. And I speak life to you today that you will remember who you are in God. For if a man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are past. He may be old. All things have become new. In the real sense, these three young men didn't bow. They didn't bow to the idol of King Nebuchadnezzar. No wonder God changed their story. I would like to tell you what quickly happened to them as I round up this segment. Eventually what happened, the king was very angry. He threw them into the furnace. The furnace was burning. They hit it. They hit it 10 times over. It was hot. The story has it that the men that wanted to push them into the fire got burnt before them. How that happened, I don't know. Because it is expected that they were supposed to be in front, but these men were behind them. And they, they, were, they pushed them into it. And everybody was watching. The world is watching us. You might not know. People are watching you. You might not know. Life is watching you. You might not know. Everybody wants to see what will become of you. And if you do not bow, you will not burn. Are you with me? If you do not bow, you will not burn. And then what happened? Immediately they fell down. What was going through their mind? They must have been scared. But somehow, somehow within them, they just knew that God was, was able to protect them. All of a sudden, the king got up in astonishment and said, Did we not cast three men into the fire? I can see four men there. And lo and behold, the fourth one looks like the son of God. I want to tell you, youth, you are not alone. You are not by yourself. Even in the midst of that fire, the story has that they fell down there. Men might be laughing at you now. Keep at what you are doing. Do what you know to do best. David, when Saul put on um, um, the cloak, put on the helmet, put on everything, and told him to go and fight Goliath, he said, King, I have not tried these things. All these things you put on me, it, doesn't, it cannot work for me. Let me know what I know to do best. Because several times in the past, I have taken... A, a lion by my hands and I have torn it and killed it. Several times I've taken a bear and I've torn them into pieces. I believe that this Goliath is not different from the same because the same God that did it in the past is able to do it. And what did he do? He went beside the, 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 the streams and picked up five stones. What is your own five stones? God wants to show you today. God wants to tell you those things that you will need to be able to move from the dimension you are into the next dimension. For these young men, their faith was their five stones. For David, his five stones was what God used to take him to the next level. I'm trusting God that God is set to do some things in your life today that will move you to the next level of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. Now, it had to take Nebuchadnezzar himself 
to see this man. The same man who persecuted them was the same man who saw the glory in their life. I tell you what, the same set of people who are laughing at you, when your day of reckoning comes, when your day of visitation comes, they will be the one that will sing your praises. The same set of girls who laughed that you didn't wear that wig or you are too, you look too archaic or you look this, they are the same set of people who will hear of the great and mighty things that God is doing in your life. He took Nebuchadnezzar himself. No other person saw it but him. And all of a sudden he said, please bring this man out. And they rushed and took off the light. By the time they came out, their body didn't smell of smoke. Their clothes were not burnt. They came out alive. And I want you to know that if you bow to the living God, he will cause you to blow. If you bow to the living God, he will cause you to blow. Let me tell you how these men blew. Let me, let me, how they blew in, the, in, your, in, your, in your real context. They did blow. Let me tell you how that happened. Immediately that happened, the king changed his mind. He changed his mind in verse 29. He says, therefore, I make a decree today that every nation, every people, every language that does not speak, which speak anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces. Their houses will be a dunghill because there is no God that can deliver after these sorts. I beg to submit to you, the youths of today, hear me and hear me well. I know that you are going through a lot of pressure right now. I know you are going through a lot of of, of difficulties right now confronting you. But I want you to know that if you do not change in the midst of adversity, things will change for you. These men didn't change because of the law. The law changed because of them. Did you hear that? The king had to change the law. He had to change the, the decree. He had to reverse it. And he said to them, he said, from today, this is now the new law. Because I saw people who were not willing to change because of the law. The law must change because of them. I'm speaking to your lives as youth today. That because you have refused to bow, you will not burn. But you will blow. Let me tell you what it means to blow. Because God told me, yes, I'm going to cause this youth to blow. And that blowing, what it means to blow. B-L-O-W. Beautiful life that others are watching. <laughs> A beautiful life that others are watching. A beautiful life that others are watching. God is going to cause you to blow. He is going to cause you to blow. You will be an inspiration. You will become a standard. You will become an enigma. You will become a reference point in the mighty name of Jesus God. God will make your life beautiful. He will make your life so beautiful that others will watch you, will watch you blow, will watch you be a, be a, a, a vessel in his hands. Hear me. While others sit, you stand. While others sit, you stand. And while others stand, you become the standard. While others sit down doing nothing and they're idle, you get up and make a move. There are a lot of things I'm going to be showing you in the next segment that you will be able to apply to your life that will move you from where you are. These young men, God promoted them first in the realm of the spirit before those things manifested and God made them. He said because of these people, God made a new decree that favored them and positioned them because you are not a type to compromise in the day when they need someone to man a position, in the day when they need someone of integrity, your name will be mentioned. In the day when they need a good reference point, your name will be mentioned. And the Bible says the king promoted them. Look at that. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I am trusting God that you will be a youth that will blow. 
you will be a youth that that blow that you want to blow you will blow it <laughs> in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus if you don't do internet fraud you will blow if you are not a prostitute you will blow if you are not idle you will blow if you are ready to volunteer you will blow if you are ready to be humble you will blow if you are ready to learn techie tools you will blow if you are willing to 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 make yourself relevant you will blow if you are ready to go under mentorship you will blow and i pray that god will make your life be, make you a beautiful life that others are watching are you ready to blow So in the first segment, I've been able to deal with the identity issues, trying to know who you are. And trust me, no one will do that for you but yourself. I've said it that if you are not holding on to something, you will fall for anything. If you like to give excuses, you will be excused out of destiny. But if you are the type of person who doesn't give excuses or you are not looking for who to blame or who to or what to uh, place your um, challenges on or pointing accusing fingers that it's because of this or it's because of that that I'm like this and ready to take up the responsibility to face your life and to make something meaningful out of it with the help of God God indeed will help you in this second segment I'm going to be looking at what I have subtitled bow and bond or bow and blow I'm very careful with my my choice of um, words because I want to speak the language of the youths now. Um, I have grown up children and like I said, sometimes they th- I hear them discussing and say, oh, this young person has blown. Ah, the guy has, the guy blew on the on the internet. He was having 10 followers before. Now on Instagram, he's having 10,000 followers. And they, 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 I hear all sorts of things. You know, things that youths of today are, are excited about. You know, things that... Uh, have no substance but unfortunately is what this generation are focused on things that cannot stand the test of time you know um um, programs online big brother nigeria big brother africa uh, small brother this i mean whatever you know in our days we weren't much on that this kind of pressure but i tell you the honest truth sometimes we need this pressure so that the best in us can come out it's like you taking an orange uh, and trying to squeeze it and the orange is, is crying i'm tired it's enough oh they, i mean uh, it's an, and the person squeezing it is saying the juice is yet to come out i'm almost done that is the way it is these pressures are also supposed to bring out the best in us so you are you either bow and burn or you bow and blow and i will explain what i mean by that in the book of daniel there is a very interesting story about three Hebrew youths. These youths had a challenge at some point in time in their life, which was going to determine whether they were going to bow and burn or they were going to bow and blow. <laughs> and I'm sure you are wondering, oh, is there a story like that in the Bible? Yes, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. For the purpose of our time, I would just like to summarize the story. The story has it that there was a king at that time called Nebuchadnezzar that set up a golden image whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. 
the king set it up and commanded the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to gather round this golden image that he has set up. And he gave a decree and said, Immediately you hear the sound of the cornet, of the flute, of the harp, of the psaltery, dulcima, and all kinds of music. You must fall down and worship this golden image that I have set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship these idols will be cast into the fairy furnace in the same hour. So it was a decree. It was an instruction. And I want us to know that the youths of today, the people of today, we are confronted with this kind of situation where we have images that have been set up, where we have things that we are supposed to bow to. I was so thrilled when I read in that verse 5 that immediately they hear the sound of a particular music. I want to ask us, the youths of today, what kind of voice are you hearing? What kind of music are we hearing? Because what we see, what we hear, goes a long way in determining what happens to us. The same social media that you are using to do all sorts of negative things, you can use the same social media for positive gains. A whole lot of gains, like the kind of session we are having tonight. So, in these days that we are living in, you can imagine princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, old, young people bowing down to all kinds of idols because there is no longer standards in our society. Bowing down to all kinds of vices because God is missing in our midst. So the king gave the commandment. It was a decree. And immediately they sounded that um, music. Everybody fell down flat. Everybody bowed. And because they bowed, they so to speak, got immediate gratification. Now, let me quickly say something about that, about delayed gratification and what I mean by that. The ability to discipline yourself to delay gratification in the short term in order to enjoy greater rewards in the long term is is the indispensable prerequisite for a life of success to enter into the next phase of your life. Did you hear that? Delayed gratification. These other sets of people wanted immediate gratification because they, 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 they wanted the king to see that, oh, I service, they were there. They wanted him to think that, oh, yes, he was, they were part of him. And they bowed, you know, for the, for, because of the gains that they were going to get in the immediate, which is a challenge of a lot of people for today. We trade tomorrow for today. Because of the little pleasure that we want to get, we forget where we are going to. We forget our future. We forget that thing that will stand the test of time. But that was not the case of these three young Hebrew boys. No wonder they are, they are called the three, the three D youths. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They did not bow. They did not bow in the face of adversity. They did not bow in the face of, of, of opposition. And then... Some of the lords went and reported them. A lot of youths today are fearful. 
We are afraid of what our friends will say. We are afraid of what that person will say. In fact, these days I hear that young girls who are even virgins, they are scared to tell their friends that they are virgins because they will laugh at them. What is supposed to be a thing of pride is now something to be shy and be embarrassed about. What moral decadence in our society. But we are trusting God today that God will raise a set of you. The Bible says, A seed shall serve the Lord. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation that you will qualify for that next level. That you will qualify for that place that God is taking you to. So these three young men, they didn't bow. And then they called them. And the king was very angry and said, Bring them. And the king asked them, is it true that when they sounded the alarm, when they sounded the um, flutes, none of you bowed? And hear what these three young dynamic men said. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king and said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning fairy furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand. But if, if not... Be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar was very furious, and his form changed against these three young men. And he called that they should eat the furnace seven times more, and that they should be thrown into the furnace of fire. These three young men were not scared of the king's urgent command because they knew that their future had something greater in store. Several times when I read that place, I ask myself, why didn't they bow? And this is the question that a lot of us need to ask ourselves as youths of today. Why is it that in the face of adversity, why is it that as a young man or as a young woman, when you are confronted with something that is not right, in the face, you would rather go hungry you will rather starve yourself. You will rather maintain that level of obedience with God than for you to go to the other side of disobedience. Why? They were disciplined enough to think of a greater reward than immediate gratification. And that is a problem a lot of us, a lot of young people today cannot handle. We want it now. We want to blow now. We want everything now. We, we, we don't care what anybody has done. The pressure is much. Friends are calling you to come and do Yahoo. You are, you, are, you are tired. You don't even know what to do. You are embarrassed. You can't tell people where you live. You, the low step esteem is there because of your stature. You can't go out. You can't speak out. I want to challenge you today. Today is a new day for you. Today is a day that has been set apart for you. For you to go back into your roots. For you to recognize who you are. For you to speak to yourself and I speak life to you today that you will remember who you are in God for if a man is in Christ is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things have become new in the real sense these three young men didn't bow they didn't bow to the idol of King Nebuchadnezzar no wonder God changed their story I would like to tell you what quickly happened to them as I round up this segment Eventually, what happened? The king was very angry. He threw them into the furnace. The furnace was burning. They hit it. They hit it 10 times over. It was hot. The story has it that the men that wanted to push them into the fire got burnt before them. How that happened, I don't know. Because it is expected that they were supposed to be in front. But these men were behind them. And 
they, they, were, they pushed them into it and everybody was watching. The world is watching us. You might not know. People are watching you. You might not know. Life is watching you. You might not know. Everybody wants to see what will become of you. And if you do not bow, you will not burn. Are you with me? If you do not bow, you will not burn. And then what happened? Immediately they fell down. What was going through their mind? They must have been scared. But somehow, somehow within them, they just knew that God was, was able to protect them. All of a sudden, the king got up in astonishment and said, Did we not cast three men into the fire? I can see four men there. And lo and behold, the fourth one looks like the Son of God. I want to tell you, youth, you are not alone. You are not by yourself. Even in the midst of that fire, the story has that they fell down there. Men might be laughing at you now. Keep at what you are doing. Do what you know to do best. David, when Saul put on um, um, the cloak, put on the helmet, put on everything, and told him to go and fight Goliath, he said, King, I have not tried these things. All these things you put on me, it, doesn't, it cannot work for me. Let me know what I know to do best. Because several times in the past, I have taken... A, a lion by my hands and I have torn it and killed it. Several times I've taken a bear and I've torn them into pieces. I believe that this Goliath is not different from the same because the same God that did it in the past is able to do it. And what he did to you, he went beside the, 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 the streams and picked up five stones. What is your own five stones? God wants to show you today. God wants to tell you those things that you will need to be able to move from the dimension you are into the next dimension. For these young men, their faith was their five stones. For David, his five stones was what God used to take him to the next level. I'm trusting God that God is set to do some things in your life today that will move you to the next level of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. Now, it had to take Nebuchadnezzar himself to see this man. The same man who persecuted them was the same man who saw the glory in their life. I tell you what, the same set of people who are laughing at you, when your day of reckoning comes, when your day of visitation comes, they will be the one that will sing your praises. The same set of girls who laughed that you didn't wear that wig or you are too, you look too archaic or you look this, they are the same set of people who will hear of the great and mighty things that God is doing in your life. He took Nebuchadnezzar himself. No other person saw it but him. And all of a sudden he said, please bring this man out. And they rushed and took off the light. By the time they came out, their body didn't smell of smoke. Their clothes were not burnt. They came out alive. And I want you to know that if you bow to the living God, he will cause you to blow. If you bow to the living God, he will cause you to blow. Let me tell you how these men blew. Let me, let me, how they blew in, in, your, in, your, in your real context. They did blow. Let me tell you how that happened. Immediately that happened, the king changed his mind. He changed his mind in verse 29. He says, therefore, I make a decree today that every nation, every people, every language that does not speak, which speak anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces. Their houses will be a dunghill because there is no God that can deliver after this sort. I beg to submit to you, the youths of today, hear me and hear me well. I know that you are going through a lot of pressure right now. I know you are going through a lot of, of, of difficulties right now confronting you. But I want you to know that if you do not change in the midst of adversity, things will change for you. These men didn't change because of the law. The law changed because of them. You, you, did you hear that? The king had to change the law. He had to change the, the, the decree. He had to reverse it. And he said to them, he said, from today, 
this is now the new law because I saw people who were not willing to change because of the law. The law must change because of them. I'm speaking to your lives as youth today that because you have refused to bow, you will not burn, but you will blow. Let me tell you what it means to blow because God told me, yes, I'm going to cause this youth to blow and that blowing, what it means to blow, B-L-O-W, beautiful life that others are watching. <laughs> a beautiful life that others are watching. A beautiful life that others are watching. God is going to cause you to blow. He is going to cause you to blow. You will be an inspiration. You will become a standard. You will become an enigma. You will become a reference point in the mighty name of Jesus God. God will make your life beautiful. He will make your life so beautiful that others will watch you. Will watch you blow. Will watch you be a, be a, a, a vessel in his hands. Hear me, while others sit, you stand. While others sit, you stand. And while others stand, you become the standard. While others sit down doing nothing and they're idle, you get up and make a move. There are a lot of things I'm going to be showing you in the next segment that you will be able to apply to your life that will move you from where you are. These young men, God promoted them first in the realm of the spirit before those things manifested. And God made them. He said, because of these people, God made a new decree that favored them and positioned them because you are not a type to compromise in the day when they need someone to man a position, in the day when they need someone of integrity, your name will be mentioned. In the day when they need a good reference point, your name will be mentioned. And the Bible says the king promoted them. Look at that. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I am trusting God that you will be a youth that will blow. You will be a youth that with that blow that you want to blow, you will blow it <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If you don't do internet fraud, you will blow. If you are not a prostitute, you will blow. If you are not idle, you will blow. If you are ready to volunteer, you will blow. If you are ready to be humble, you will blow. If you are ready to learn techie tools, you will blow. If you are willing to, 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 to make yourself relevant, you will blow. If you are ready to go under mentorship, you will blow. And I pray that God will make your life be, make you a beautiful life that others are watching. Are you ready to blow? Hello, this is Dr. Kenny Akins, the 3D woman, and I will be sharing with you on what I have titled When You Are Judged Unjustly. In this podcast, I will teach you how to handle misconceptions. I will teach you what it means to be misjudged or when, why people have misconceptions about what you do or what it means when people say wrong things about you and what is expected of you during these trying times. Yes, it is not an easy thing. But there are ways you can handle such situations and circumstances in your life so that at the end of the day, you don't lose yourself and you keep your sanity. There are many forms of misconceptions that can arise from a family setting, at the workplace, in a community, in a group that you belong, or wherever you find yourself because life happens. If you say that someone has misjudged a person, or a situation, you mean that they have formed an incorrect idea or opinion about them and often that they have made a wrong decision as a result of this. 
so people form their own idea based on their perception or the way they view the situation and as a result of that they make wrong decisions because of that wrong perception now um, I've often told uh, people during my counseling sessions that life will happen and things will happen the most important thing is for you as an individual to be sure that you are standing on the right path and you are careful the way you interpret that situation so that at the end of the day you are still standing strong and firm i like to read a quote by tony gaskins it says someone will lie on you someone will misjudge you some will try to even assassinate your character no matter their intentions you can't let them change who you are keep living and loving <laughs> that's interesting so there are different dimensions or components to misconceptions sometimes um, you can have some form of betrayal a breach of trust a misunderstanding it can lead to accusations envy pride jealousy and all sorts I've read a couple of articles but the essence of doing this podcast is to look at how to handle this from a biblical point of view and um, when I was going to um, do this podcast I decided to do a little study into the scriptures I'm going to be using the story of Jesus our Lord and our Savior to explain or expatiate more on this subject Jesus is our Lord and Savior. He came to the world to die for us. He had a mandate from God. And his misconception started from his birth. You can imagine what Mary went through when she had that visitation. Okay, you're going to have a son. Um, You will not have to be intimate with any man. And all you need to do is just to cooperate with this this so-called plan, you know, so to speak. And... the the scriptures made us understand that Mary pondered these things in her heart and she kept them and the Bible says the spirit of the Lord you know enveloped her as she conceived now I have read the scriptures over and over and I I was so particular about Joseph's um, um, uh, dimension of his interpretation of the whole scene now Joseph himself had made up his mind because they were engaged to be married he made up his mind he was going to call her Um, um, I'm sorry, I don't know anything about this pregnancy. I just want you to have, I mean, take your leave and all of that until he had an encounter in overnight. And the Bible says the angel of the Lord came to him and appeared to him and said, I am in this plan. Don't misjudge this situation. I know about it. Mary is not lying. Now, it had to take a man of greater understanding to to be able to have a different dimension of that um, situation. I can, Im- I can imagine if it was another man who looked at the situation and despite his visitation, the angelic visitation, he was still adamant to say, I'm not in this. Several times people, people have second thoughts about it. That, oh, could this person really not be as bad as people think she is or people think he is? Yet they still go ahead and have their own and form their own opinion. But in this case, Joseph cooperated and the Bible says that it took Mary. So I, I'm imagining maybe the two of them are walking on the street and all of them. People say, look at this 
set of people, they, they've started sleeping with each other and they are not yet married, unknown to them what was behind the whole scenario. So people will misjudge us. Now, that was Jesus' case. It's his own misconception started from his birth. Is is the, the, the way and manner he was born, the, the situations around uh, his birth were very controversial. Yet, he, God kept him all through it. Now, you, you let, that led to when Mary gave birth and, they, I mean, Herod, the king at that time, you know, heard about his birth and in anger, he told the three wise men to go and look for the child and come back and um, tell him so he could also go and worship the child. And after having an encounter, the, uh, after the, uh, the wise men had an encounter, they left uh, without going back to Herod to give him the the, the, the the details of where the child was born and Herod in anger killed children two years below at that time, all the male children so you can imagine that level of controversy, controversy over his life that led through all, through all through the time that he had his ministry he was a child and all of that till the day he died now when the accusation started, it started with a betrayal one person who was supposed to be his core um, 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 within his court team named Judas came up and started raising accusation he connived with people out there because this was a man who did great and mighty things he had a mandate from God and he was committed to his cause and all through it we see all the levels of betrayal even from one disciple to another disciple Peter betrayed him three times it was after the whole thing happened that he came to his mind and he wept bitterly and all of that and all these controversies, you know, started from his birth till his dying day. Now, people with misjudges, I've taken my time to tell you that story for you to understand why sometimes people can misjudge us. Now, people will misjudge us based on who we are, who we are, your character. Sometimes as human beings, we should ensure that we make sure that our character is is that is is on our character is is unquestionable who he is his character two people will misjudge us based on what we say in his case he had an assignment he had a mandate so you could see some of the things that jesus kept saying you know my father sent me my father said this my father said that so as a result of some of the his sayings and some of the the the, the, the his declarations people misjudged him but thank god that jesus did not take his eyes off his ball people will misjudge you but like um like tony like tony gaskin said we should not change who we are we should not conform or change who we are or change our value system just because people are putting pressure on us number three people will misjudge us based on our actions the bible says jesus went about doing good but if you are not careful people will take advantage of your mr nice guy or mr nice lady people will mistreat you if you are too nice if you are too kind to them you know jesus went about his actions he was he went about doing good there was no time at all that he went <clears throat> that there was a record of him doing something evil or 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 or, or, or having a, a bad record somewhere so people people will misjudge us based on some of these things now 
what do we do what is our responsibility as a human being like i said you can be misjudged in your family maybe between a husband and a wife there will be some level of misconceptions or misunderstanding or accusations at the workplace you can have such accusations that will lead to envy that will lead to jealousy that will lead to pride what is expected of you and i when we are misjudged and this is where i want you to stay with me the first thing i'll tell you to do this is how you handle misconceptions number one don't try to explain yourself never ever try to explain yourself and i'd like to quickly read a text from the scriptures i love the mark account so i'd like to read from the book of mark chapter 15 the Bible says, and straight away in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Jesus in this scenario was put on the spot. Are you the king of the Jews? And he answering said unto him, you have said it. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Now, I discovered that when people accuse you of something, Please bear in mind that all of this is the root of all of this is it is a demonic influence because the whole idea, the whole essence of misconceptions and misjudgment is for you to lose yourself, it's for you to deny yourself, it's for you to change your values, it's for you to conform to the world, it's for you to, to give, it's for you to be discouraged, it's for you to give up on that project, it's for you to be discouraged, it's for you to say, you know what, I'm tired, I'm tired of, of trying to be the, the nice person and all the time I'm, 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 I'm being misjudged. It's for you to just let go of who you are and lose yourself in the whole of it. Now, here was Jesus put on the spot before a whole um, 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 chief priest and before the whole Sanhedrin, before the whole council. And they put him on the spot and said, you've been saying that you are this, you've been saying you are that. Who are you really? Are you really the king of Jews? He said, you have said it. And they accused him and all manner of people came, people gave different forms of, um, of, of wrong interpretations, of wrong accusations, of misconceptions and judgments. And the Bible says he said nothing. See, I tell you the honest truth. You can't explain yourself in the midst of any misconception. There is nothing you will say that will make people believe you. As much as you try to keep explaining yourself, you keep sinking deeper. So when, see, when these accusations begin and they start, you ask God for the grace to keep silent because at that time you cannot fight for yourself. Sometimes the pressure can even be much. If you read further down the verses in, in verse 4, the Bible says, And Pilate asked him, saying, ask, uh, uh, asked him again, saying, saying the same set of accusations and Jesus still answered nothing and he was telling him can't you see how many witnesses have come against you but Jesus yet answered nothing so that Pilate marveled see silence is a powerful weapon when people accuse you because at that time people don't even know what is in your mind if Pilate was so marveled that how can people come with all these kind of allegations and this man will say nothing yes i know it's easy it's not as easy as it is being said to keep quiet when people are accusing you but i want you to know that your silence is a tool and a weapon that god will use to vindicate you um if you read the matthew account you will see the the scenario where the wife when the wife of the governor you know told the husband that he should make sure he has nothing to do with this case because Jesus was a just man. 
she even recounted how she had seen suffered many things in her dream because of him so in the midst of all the allegations there are people who know that you are not what people say that you are there are people who can testify that deep down deep down really this person is not who people say he or she is number two what do you do you need to realize that sometimes there is a reason or a lesson that God wants to bring out of the situation. See, nothing happens for no reason. Jesus' death was a mandate from heaven. He needed to endure those things to be able to fulfill that mandate. So when situations like this happen, what I tell people to do is to first of all sit down and ask themselves, Lord, why why am I going through what I'm going through? Without even... Um, I mean, um, going into conclusions or uh, or trying to um, or trying to explain yourself or trying to even um, discourage yourself or talk yourself out of who you are, you know. So there is a lesson. There is a reason for everything that happens in life. Sometimes it might be that God wants to, wants to teach you uh, patience. It might be that he wants to teach you what it means to trust in him. It might be that he wants you to know what is in the mind of the people around you. You might be having a misconception about people around you that, oh, these people really love me. And you're and ignorantly, you know, you are you are you are nice to them, you're you're telling them things about yourself, unknown to you that they have ulterior motives or they are they are, they, are, they have wrong um, um, ideas or misconceptions about you. So sometimes God will stir up a scenario or a situation whereby the true character or the true nature of that supposed friend, that supposed partner can, 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 can be revealed. The most important thing for you is to ensure you understand why that thing has happened before you start crying, before you lose your head, before you start saying, oh Lord, why this, why that? Remember what happened? The Bible says God took the children of the Israelites through a longer route, through a journey, a journey that should have taken 40 days, took 40 years, took many years. The Bible says he did that to know what was in their heart, to know whether they will serve him or whether they will not. He took them through those hardships. He wanted you know, them to understand. He wanted to understand what was going through their mind. Number three, when this kind of misconceptions happen, give it time. Give it time. That time is not the time, like I said, you are quiet about it, you are not saying anything about it. Just relax about it. Let a day, let two days, let a month, let a week go by. You know, just allow time, you know, because time is a reveal and that's number four. What happens is that that time will reveal things to you. Time is a revealer. It will reveal things to you. Number five, like I say, this is, I mean, sometimes when you feel like that, it's okay to cry. Cry it out to God. Sometimes I encourage people to write out some of those things that people have done to you, you know, table it before the Lord. Cry it out, mourn over it so that you can release your pain. It's okay to cry. Sometimes you can write it in your journal. Sometimes you can, you know, um, put it, just do it, do, um, write it in an email form to write a letter to that person saying, oh, this and this and this is what you have done to me, you know, you know, but don't post it, you know. You can send that mail to yourself or you can put it in a trash and all of that. You can write it on a paper after you've mourned over it, um, burn it off or trash it or something you know number six when things like that happens it also reveals who you are 
because trust me you might have been doing a lot of things ignorantly or stupidly so it helps you to buckle up and to be strong in your emotions so that you are not careless also with words it helps you to know how to treat people also it helps you also to build your faith it helps you know you to also know how to perceive life that you should know that life is not as 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 carefree as you think it is you know these are some of the things that will will be unveiled as you go on i would like to wrap up by saying this at the height of jesus's um um uh, accusations you know the Bible says they led him after all those accusations and they delivered him to the people to be crucified. He took his cross. He walked naked. They naked him. They shamed him. He walked through, the, the, I mean, uh, all the way to Golgotha carrying his cross. Every one of you will carry your cross, trust me. Like I, like someone said, the whole idea about life is not necessarily the whole idea about life or the joy of this journey called life is not merely reaching our destination but who we trust along the way i i I saw that somewhere you know someone said it and i wrote it down i mean it was just um, like a statement that someone made i really can't tell who that made that person who made that statement the joy of this journey called life is not reaching our destination but who we trust along the way because life will happen things will happen your husband will say things to you your children will say things to you your your friends will say things to you your boss in the office will say things to you just like jesus was there and he was on the cross and you can imagine after they hung him there even the thieves beside him one said to him okay we we know we are you go yeah save you if you can save you said you've been saving others save yourself and save us and they said all manner of things what kept him on was where he was going and I would like to say this to each and every one of us, no matter how pressured we are, no matter how people have misjudged us, please let where you are going, let the mandate of your life, let the future that God has shown you, let the things that God has promised you, let them be your sustaining power through those misconceptions. Lay them genuinely before the Lord. And I tell you the honest truth, as you do that, God will unveil you in his own time you don't need validation from any man you don't need to explain yourself god is in it god will see you through it god will pull you through it you will learn from it and your life will never remain the same i hope you were able to learn something from this podcast this morning um some of the things i shared were also born out of some of my own experiences in life and how the lord took me through handling this situation till i come your way again take care of yourself God bless you. Bye-bye. It happened so suddenly. Exactly 4 a.m. This beautiful Thursday morning. A church beside my house was having a vigil. And people started shouting. Seven years. Seven years. How will we do it? My youngest daughter ran to my room and she told me that the people in the church were shouting seven years of tribulation. I told myself rapture had taken place. But I convinced myself otherwise. In no time, people started gathering. A lot of people, sisters, brothers, 
women tying their scarves, holding their Bible in their hands, praying fervently for forgiveness. This is not the time to ask for forgiveness. It was too late. I couldn't move from my bed. I remember the pastor's message I had listened to a few months earlier that many people will not make it. Many people will not be raptured. Why was I among those who was not raptured? Why did I miss this timely moment of eternity? People started looking for one another. Parents looking out for their children. Brothers looking out for their sisters as a way to comfort themselves that they were not the only one in this bad boat. Then I saw a sister walked up to me. I remember her very well. She was very active in the choir. Beside her was another sister in the church whom I knew very, very well. She looked up to me and said, Oh, you are here also. Fine, that makes the three of us. The second sister recounted how she got up that morning, went into her husband's room and found that he wasn't there. She hurriedly ran to the children's room and found out that the children, her kids, were also missing. Then this sister who sang beautifully in the choir said to me, Oh, don't worry, don't bother about it. At this moment, only 23,000 people have been raptured. Don't you know, haven't you read it somewhere in the book of Isaiah that it's called a transcend theory? Transcend theory. I have never heard of anything like that in my life. I knew it was a lie. I knew it was just a theory that scholars came up with to console and comfort themselves. The transcend theory stated that only 23,000 people will be raptured. And that was to give a sign to those who are yet to be raptured that in a couple of months' time, they should prepare themselves so that they could also be raptured. I remember a scripture in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 15, that says, But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Then I remembered also 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, 
and we shall be changed. That is the rapture. There is never an account in the scriptures that say that there is a transcendent theory that 23,000 people will be raptured and few months later other people will be raptured. That is the only account of scriptures that show that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, our mortal body will change to immortality. Our corrupt body will change to incorruption and will be cut up. That is the rapture. I found myself walking on the streets and this traffic began. The worst traffic I have ever seen in my life. We all know that when the last man officials and the traffic officers go on the streets and there is a bad traffic, after a couple of hours, they are able to manage the situation and cause a free flow of traffic. But this was not the case. This was not the case because the Uberman driving this young lady got raptured and, and, and an accident occurred. This traffic was endless because a bus driver who had a load of people in the buses was raptured and there was a head jam along the way. This chaos was horrible as many people were injured and fractured and many, many dead bodies lied on the street. This traffic was endless. All of a sudden, I found myself walking through that traffic to another point where a party was going on it was a beautiful rented hall and i saw a lot of people gorgeously dressed i saw an aunt of mine and she looked at me and called out my name why are you not dressed are you not going to do your makeup hurry up people are going into the hall and they are settling down let's hurry up so we can take a space I want us to sit right in front so that we will have a clear view of all that is going on in this party so we don't miss out on anything. I went into the ladies' washroom and I saw women tying their ghillie, doing their makeup, oblivious of what was going on. These are the set of people who never really took time to understand or to learn the ways of God while grace was still available. They never paid attention. They never went to church. They never read their Bibles. They never took the important things that mattered in their eternity seriously. They didn't even know what was going on. All they were concerned about was the party that they wanted to attend. They were laughing and jesting unknown to them that rapture had taken place. I found myself talking with this other sister that sang beautifully in the church and there was a question I longed to ask her. I summoned up the courage and I finally said, where is pastor? And she said to me, pastor is at home. In fact, he has been crying all day. But I managed to console him about the transcend theory I'm not sure he really believes me but he will be fine trust me he will be fine I was shocked to realize that pastor did not make rapture also he was our mentor 
he was our overseer. He was our guide. What went wrong? Why did pastor did not why did pastor miss the rapture? I finally found myself sobbing, crying, asking myself, why did I miss rapture? Instantly I knew why. The moment you miss rapture, for those who know better, you will know why you missed the rapture. That why is the reason why you need to repent now. That thing you are keeping as a secret, that thing you are not proud to declare, is the reason why you need to repent now. Because when rapture takes place, you can no longer repent of those things. I knew why I missed rapture. I had a secret, something I had genuine, I hadn't genuinely repented of. It was an illicit affair. I did not repent of it. It was a lie. It was a hidden secret. I thought I had let it go, but I hadn't. I nursed the emotions in my thoughts. Yes, I was active in church. I sang in the choir. I did evangelism. I prayed for the sick. I was known by a lot of people. I led a lot of organizations. Yet, I had a secret. I wasn't a sinner. Neither was I a fornicator or an adulteress. That was the painful part of it. I never went to clubhouses. I never cheated nor stole anybody's money. Yet, I missed the rapture. Hmm. Could this be the little foxes that spoiled my vine? This little fox I didn't let go of. It's so true that life is not a showmanship. You can pretend to the whole world that you are a saint, but deep down there, you know who you really are. And trust me, it's just a thin line, a thin line away from eternity. This is the time to let it go. Whatever you don't have peace about, let it go. Whatever you have doubts and fear about, let it go. Whatever is not holy, let it go. Whatever it is that is a skeleton in your cupboard, let it go. Whatever it is you are keeping as a secret, let it go. Unforgiveness, jealousy, anger, bitterness and resentment, negativity, lustful thoughts, let it go. Let it go before it won't let you go. Check your motives. Why do you do what you do? Because God is a God that searches the innermost part of a human life. So here it is, brethren. Rapture is nearer than you can imagine. Over the years, we've heard that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is no longer coming soon. Jesus is coming now. The signs are all there. The world, the chaos, the pandemic, the attacks, the world, new world order, they are all there. The stage is set. This is the time to repent. Genuine repentance, forsaking anything or anyone that will entangle you. Letting go of all the idols, anything you have placed or you have given preference before God. Genuine forgiveness and reaching out to others. 
holding on to the word of life, reading and meditating on the scriptures. Yes, the pressures in the world are there, but God will not tempt us above that we are able. His word is there as a succor and a comfort for us. Can God count on you and I? Can God count on you and I to get the lost sheep? Matthew 9, 37 says, The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Our lives should be the Bible that others are reading. Our life should be so attractive that men would want to know our God. Making heaven is not head knowledge. It's not mouth knowledge. It's a decision that is born out of genuine love and intentional living. This is not the time to follow conspiracy theories. This is not the time to follow transient theories. You just have to let anything that will stand in your way move. This is the time you have to say, Lord, like a little child, I come to you. Break me, make me, mold me, use me for your glory. Let my innocence come forth from your presence. Let my life be a reflection of your glory. Yes, you cannot help yourself, but God is there. The Holy Spirit is there as your comforter. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and every other thing shall be added unto you. God is interested in your life. God is interested in your eternity. God wants to make all things new for you. This is the time to let it go. The miracle of healing is a good miracle. The miracle of raising the dead, the miracle of supernatural provision, they are great miracles. But the salvation of a lost soul is the most important miracle anyone can ever experience. Matthew chapter 9 verse 9. And as Jesus passed from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Are you ready to follow the master? This young man was at, at his duty post. And the master said to him, Follow me. And he rose up without questioning his authority. He followed. God is calling you. God is beckoning on you. Heaven is beckoning on you. Will you follow? John 3.16 My Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, man or woman, poor or rich, young or old, believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life, but have eternity. If you believe in him, and you acknowledge him and confess him as your Lord, eternity is sure for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God wants to make all, all things new for you. This is the time to allow him make all things new for you regardless of what you have gone through regardless of the pain that you have gone through this is not the time to allow the things of the world sway you away from his presence i want you to bow down your heads with me this morning if you want all things to be new if you want to be sure of your eternity this is the time to be sure if you are not sure father we thank you lord for your word this morning thank you lord for as many people that have received the word this morning.
Yes, we have time on our side now. Yes, we have time on our path now to make the right decision for eternity. And so, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray the prayer with my brother, with my sister, listening to the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I bring them before the throne room of grace and I ask for mercy. Mercy to be able to overcome addiction. Mercy to let go and let God. Mercy to be able to go on the right path. In the mighty name of Jesus. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So I want you to say after me this morning, say, Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that he died for me and he was raised for my justification. By this, I know that I am saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with my mouth confession is made unto salvation. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life and being my Lord and being my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, everyone. I pray that you remain rapturable. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. so suddenly exactly 4 a.m. this beautiful Thursday morning a church beside my house was having a vigil and people started shouting seven years seven years how will we do it my youngest daughter ran to my room and she told me that the people in the church were shouting seven years of tribulation. I told myself rapture had taken place. But I convinced myself otherwise. In no time, people started gathering. A lot of people, sisters, brothers, women tying their scarves, holding their Bible in their hands, praying fervently for forgiveness. This is not the time to ask for forgiveness. It was too late. I couldn't move from my bed. I remember the pastor's message I had listened to a few months earlier that many people will not make it. Many people will not be raptured. Why was I among those who was not raptured? Why did I miss this timely moment of eternity? People started looking for one another. Parents looking out for their children. Brothers looking out for their sisters as a way to comfort themselves that they were not the only one in this bad boat. Then I saw a sister walked up to me. I remember her very well. She was very active in the choir. Beside her was another sister in the church whom I knew very, very well. She looked up to me and said, Oh, you are here also. Fine, that makes the three of us. The second sister recounted how she got up that morning, went into her husband's room and found that he wasn't there. 
she hurriedly ran to the children's room and found out that the children, her kids, were also missing. Then this sister who sang beautifully in the choir said to me, Oh, don't worry, don't bother about it. At this moment, only 23,000 people have been raptured. Don't you know, haven't you read it somewhere in the book of Isaiah, that it's called a transcend theory? Transcend theory. I have never heard of anything like that in my life. I knew it was a lie. I knew it was just a theory that scholars came up with to console and comfort themselves. The transcend theory stated that only 23,000 people will be raptured. And that was to give a sign to those who are yet to be raptured that in a couple of months' time, they should prepare themselves so that they could also be raptured. I remember a scripture in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 15, that says, But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him? For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Then I remembered also 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That is the rapture. There is never an account in the scriptures that say that there is a transcendent theory that 23,000 people will be raptured, and few months later, other people will be raptured. That is the only account of scriptures that show that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, our mortal body will change to immortality. Our corrupt body will change to incorruption and will be cut up. That is the rapture. I found myself walking on the streets and this traffic began. The worst traffic I have ever seen in my life. We all know that when the last man officials and the traffic officers go on the streets and there is a bad traffic, after a couple of hours, they are able to manage the situation and cause a free flow of traffic. But this was not the case. This was not the case because the Uberman driving this young lady got raptured and, and, and an accident occurred. This traffic was endless because a bus driver who had a load of people in the buses was raptured and there was 
a head jam along the way. This chaos was horrible as many people were injured and fractured and many, many dead bodies lied on the streets. This traffic was endless. All of a sudden, I found myself walking through that traffic to another point where a party was going on. It was a beautiful rented hall and I saw a lot of people gorgeously dressed. I saw an aunt of mine and she looked at me and called out my name. Why are you not dressed? Are you not going to do your makeup? Hurry up. People are going into the hall and they are settling down. Let's hurry up so we can take a space. I want us to sit right in front so that we will have a clear view of all that is going on in this party so we don't miss out on anything. I went into the ladies' washroom and I saw women tying their ghillie, doing their makeup, oblivious of what was going on. These are the set of people who never really took time to understand or to learn the ways of God while grace was still available. They never paid attention. They never went to church. They never read their Bibles. They never took the important things that mattered in their eternity seriously. They didn't even know what was going on. All they were concerned about was the party that they wanted to attend. They were laughing and jesting unknown to them that rapture had taken place. I found myself talking with this other sister that sang beautifully in the church and there was a question I longed to ask her. I summoned up the courage and I finally said, where is pastor? And she said to me, pastor is at home. In fact, he has been crying all day. But I managed to console him about the transcend theory. I'm not sure he really believes me, but he will be fine. Trust me, he will be fine. I was shocked to realize that pastor did not make rapture also. He was our mentor. He was our overseer. He was our guide. What went wrong? Why did pastor did not why did pastor miss the rapture i finally found myself sobbing crying asking myself why did i miss rapture instantly i knew why the moment you miss rapture for those who know better you will know why you missed the rapture that why is the reason why you need to repent now that thing you are keeping as a secret, that thing you are not proud to declare is the reason why you need to repent now. Because when rapture takes place, you can no longer repent of those things. I knew why I missed rapture. I had a secret, something I, had genuine, I hadn't genuinely repented of. It was an illicit affair. I did not repent of it. It was a lie. It was a hidden secret. I thought I had let it go, but I hadn't. I nursed the emotions in my thoughts. Yes, I was active in church. I sang in the choir. I did evangelism. I prayed for the sick. I was known by a lot of people. 
I led a lot of organizations, yet I had a secret. I wasn't a sinner. Neither was I a fornicator or an adulteress. That was the painful part of it. I never went to clubhouses. I never cheated nor stole anybody's money. Yet, I missed the rapture. Hmm. Could this be the little foxes that spoiled my vine? This little fox I didn't let go of. It's so true that life is not a showmanship. You can pretend to the whole world that you are a saint, but deep down there, you know who you really are. And trust me, it's just a thin line, a thin line away from eternity. This is the time to let it go. Whatever you don't have peace about, let it go. Whatever you have doubts and fear about, let it go. Whatever is not holy, let it go. Whatever it is that is a skeleton in your cupboard, let it go. Whatever it is you are keeping as a secret, let it go. Unforgiveness, jealousy, anger, bitterness and resentment, negativity, lustful thoughts, let it go. Let it go before it won't let you go. Check your motives. Why do you do what you do? Because God is a God that searches the innermost part of a human life. So here it is, brethren. Rapture is nearer than you can imagine. Over the years, we've heard that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is no longer coming soon. Jesus is coming now. The signs are all there. The world, the chaos, the pandemic, the attacks, the world, new world order, they are all there. The stage is set. This is the time to repent. Genuine repentance, forsaking anything or anyone that will entangle you. Letting go of all the idols, anything you have placed or you have given preference before God. Genuine forgiveness and reaching out to others. Holding on to the word of life. Reading and meditating on the scriptures. Yes, the pressures in the world are there. But God will not tempt us above that we are able. His word is there as a succor and a comfort for us. Can God count on you and I? Can God count on you and I to get the lost sheep? Matthew 9, 37 says, The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Our lives should be the Bible that others are reading. Our life should be so attractive that men would want to know our God. Making heaven is not head knowledge. It's not mouth knowledge. It's a decision that is born out of genuine love and intentional living. This is not the time to follow conspiracy theories. This is not the time to follow transient theories. You just have to let anything that will stand in your way move. This is the time you have to say, Lord, like a little child, I come to you. Break me. Make me. Mold me. Use me for your glory. Let my innocence come forth from your presence. Let my life be a reflection of your glory. Yes, you cannot help yourself, but God is there. The Holy Spirit is there as your comforter. 
the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and every other thing shall be added unto you. God is interested in your life. God is interested in your eternity. God wants to make all things new for you. This is the time to let it go. The miracle of healing is a good miracle. The miracle of raising the dead, the miracle of supernatural provision, they are great miracles. But the salvation of a lost soul is the most important miracle anyone can ever experience. Matthew chapter 9 verse 9 And as Jesus passed from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Are you ready to follow the master? This young man was at at his duty post and the master said to him follow me and he rose up without questioning his authority he followed God is calling you God is beckoning on you heaven is beckoning on you will you follow John 3 16 my Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever man or woman poor or rich, young or old, believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life, but have eternity. If you believe in him and you acknowledge him and confess him as your Lord, eternity is sure for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God wants to make all, all things new for you. This is the time to allow him make all things new for you. Regardless of what you have gone through. Regardless of the pain that you have gone through. This is not the time to allow the things of the world sway you away from his presence. I want you to bow down your heads with me this morning. If you want all things to be new. If you want to be sure of your eternity, this is the time to be sure if you are not sure. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, for as many people that have received the word this morning. Yes, we have time on our side now. Yes, we have time on our path now to make the right decision for eternity. And so, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray the prayer with my brother, with my sister, listening to the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I bring them before the throne room of grace and I ask for mercy. Mercy to be able to overcome addiction. Mercy to let go and let God. Mercy to be able to go on the right path. In the mighty name of Jesus. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So I want you to say after me this morning, say, Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that he died for me and he was raised for my justification. By this, I know that I am saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with my mouth confession is made unto salvation. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life and being my Lord and being my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.
Thank you, everyone. I pray that you remain rapturable. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. It happened so suddenly, exactly 4 a.m. this beautiful Thursday morning. A church beside my house was having a vigil and people started shouting, seven years, seven years, how will we do it? My youngest daughter ran to my room and she told me that the people in the church were shouting seven years of tribulation. I told myself rapture had taken place. But I convinced myself otherwise. In no time, people started gathering. A lot of people, sisters, brothers, women tying their scarves, holding their Bible in their hands, praying fervently for forgiveness. This is not the time to ask for forgiveness. It was too late. I couldn't move from my bed. I remember the pastor's message I had listened to few months earlier that many people will not make it. Many people will not be raptured. Why was I among those who was not raptured? Why did I miss this timely moment of eternity? People started looking for one another. Parents looking out for their children. Brothers looking out for their sisters as a way to comfort themselves that they were not the only one in this bad boat. Then I saw a sister walked up to me. I remember her very well. She was very active in the choir. Beside her was another sister in the church whom I knew very, very well. She looked up to me and said, Oh, you are here also. Fine, that makes the three of us. The second sister recounted how she got up that morning, went into her husband's room and found that he wasn't there. She hurriedly ran to the children's room and found out that the children, her kids, were also missing. Then this sister who sang beautifully in the choir said to me, Oh, don't worry, don't bother about it. At this moment, only 23,000 people have been raptured. Don't you know, haven't you read it somewhere in the book of Isaiah, that it's called a transcend theory? Transcend theory. I have never heard of anything like that in my life. I knew it was a lie. I knew it was just a theory that scholars came up with to console and comfort themselves. The transcend theory stated that only 23,000 people will be raptured. And that was to give a sign to those who are yet to be raptured that in a couple of months' time, they should prepare themselves so that they could also be raptured. I remember a scripture in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 15, that says, But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. 
For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Then I remembered also 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That is the rapture. There is never an account in the scriptures that say that there is a transcendent theory that 23,000 people will be raptured and few months later other people will be raptured. That is the only account of scriptures that show that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, our mortal body will change to immortality. Our corrupt body will change to incorruption and will be cut up. That is the rapture. I found myself walking on the streets and this traffic began. The worst traffic I have ever seen in my life. We all know that when the last man officials and the traffic officers go on the streets and there is a bad traffic, after a couple of hours, they are able to manage the situation and cause a free flow of traffic. But this was not the case. This was not the case because the Uberman driving this young lady got raptured and, and, and an accident occurred. This traffic was endless because a bus driver who had a load of people in the buses was raptured and there was a head jam along the way. This chaos was horrible as many people were injured and fractured and many, many dead bodies lied on the streets. This traffic was endless. All of a sudden, I found myself walking through that traffic to another point where a party was going on. It was a beautiful rented hall and I saw a lot of people gorgeously dressed. I saw an aunt of mine and she looked at me and called out my name. Why are you not dressed? Are you not going to do your makeup? Hurry up. People are going into the hall and they are settling down. Let's hurry up so we can take a space. I want us to sit right in front so that we will have a clear view of all that is going on in this party so we don't miss out on anything. I went into the ladies' washroom and I saw women tying their ghillie doing their makeup, oblivious of what was going on. These are the set of people who never really took time to understand or to learn the ways of God while grace was still available. They never paid attention. 
They never went to church. They never read their Bibles. They never took the important things that mattered in their eternity seriously. They didn't even know what was going on. All they were concerned about was the party that they wanted to attend. They were laughing and jesting unknown to them that rapture had taken place. I found myself talking with this other sister that sang beautifully in the church and there was a question I longed to ask her. I summoned up the courage and I finally said, where is pastor? And she said to me, pastor is at home. In fact, he has been crying all day. But I managed to console him about the transcend theory. I'm not sure he really believes me. But he will be fine. Trust me, he will be fine. I was shocked to realize that pastor did not make rapture also. He was our mentor. He was our overseer. He was our guide. What went wrong? Why did pastor did not why did pastor miss the rapture i finally found myself sobbing crying asking myself why did i miss rapture instantly i knew why the moment you miss rapture for those who know better you will know why you missed the rapture that why is the reason why you need to repent now That thing you are keeping as a secret, that thing you are not proud to declare is the reason why you need to repent now. Because when rapture takes place, you can no longer repent of those things. I knew why I missed rapture. I had a secret, something I I hadn't genuinely repented of. It was an illicit affair. I did not repent of it. It was a lie. It was a hidden secret. I thought I had let it go, but I hadn't. I nursed the emotions in my thoughts. Yes, I was active in church. I sang in the choir. I did evangelism. I prayed for the sick. I was known by a lot of people. I led a lot of organizations. Yet, I had a secret. I wasn't a sinner. Neither was I a fornicator or an adulteress. That was the painful part of it. I never went to clubhouses. I never cheated nor stole anybody's money. Yet, I missed the rapture. Hmm. Could this be the little foxes that spoiled my vine? This little fox I didn't let go of. It's so true. That life is not a showmanship. You can pretend to the whole world that you are a saint. But deep down there, you know who you really are. And trust me, it's just a thin line. A thin line away from eternity. This is the time to let it go. Whatever you don't have peace about, let it go. Whatever you have doubts and fear about, let it go. Whatever is not holy, let it go. Whatever it is that is a skeleton in your cupboard, let it go. Whatever it is you are keeping as a secret, let it go.
unforgiveness, jealousy, anger, bitterness, and resentment, negativity, lustful thoughts. Let it go. Let it go before it won't let you go. Check your motives. Why do you do what you do? Because God is a God that searches the innermost part of a human life. So here it is, brethren. Rapture is nearer than you can imagine. Over the years, we've heard that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is no longer coming soon. Jesus is coming now. The signs are all there. The world, the chaos, the pandemic, the attacks, the world, new world order, they are all there. The stage is set. This is the time to repent. Genuine repentance, forsaking anything or anyone that will entangle you. Letting go of all the idols, anything you have placed or you have given preference before God. Genuine forgiveness and reaching out to others. Holding on to the word of life. Reading and meditating on the scriptures. Yes, the pressures in the world are there. But God will not tempt us above that we are able. His word is there as a succor and a comfort for us. Can God count on you and I? Can God count on you and I to get the lost sheep? Matthew 9, 37 says, The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Our lives should be the Bible that others are reading. Our life should be so attractive that men would want to know our God. Making heaven is not head knowledge. It's not mouth knowledge. It's a decision that is born out of genuine love and intentional living. This is not the time to follow conspiracy theories. This is not the time to follow transient theories. You just have to let anything that will stand in your way move. This is the time you have to say, Lord, like a little child, I come to you. Break me, make me, mold me, use me for your glory. Let my innocence come forth from your presence. Let my life be a reflection of your glory. Yes, you cannot help yourself, but God is there. The Holy Spirit is there as your comforter. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and every other thing shall be added unto you. God is interested in your life. God is interested in your eternity. God wants to make all things new for you. This is the time to let it go. The miracle of healing is a good miracle. The miracle of raising the dead, the miracle of supernatural provision, they are great miracles. But the salvation of a lost soul is the most important miracle anyone can ever experience. Matthew chapter 9 verse 9 And as Jesus passed from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom and he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Are you ready to follow the master? This young man was at at his duty post and the master said to him follow me and he rose up without questioning his authority he followed God is calling you God is beckoning on you heaven is beckoning on you will you follow John 3 16 my Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever 
man or woman, poor or rich, young or old, believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life, but have eternity. If you believe in him and you acknowledge him and confess him as your Lord, eternity is sure for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God wants to make all, all things new for you. This is the time to allow him make all things new for you regardless of what you have gone through regardless of the pain that you have gone through this is not the time to allow the things of the world sway you away from his presence i want you to bow down your heads with me this morning if you want all things to be new if you want to be sure of your eternity this is the time to be sure if you are not sure father we thank you lord for your word this morning thank you lord for as many people that have received the word this morning yes we have time on our side now yes we have time on our path now to make the right decision for eternity and so heavenly father in the name of jesus i pray the prayer with my brother with my sister listening to the sound of my voice in the name of jesus lord i bring them before the throne room of grace and i ask for mercy Mercy to be able to overcome addiction. Mercy to let go and let God. Mercy to be able to go on the right path in the mighty name of Jesus. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So I want you to say after me this morning, say, Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that he died for me and he was raised for my justification. By this, I know that I am saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with my mouth confession is made unto salvation. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life and being my Lord and being my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, everyone. I pray that you remain rapturable in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It happened so suddenly, exactly 4 a.m. this beautiful Thursday morning. A church beside my house was having a vigil and People started shouting, seven years, seven years, how will we do it? My youngest daughter ran to my room and she told me that the people in the church were shouting seven years of tribulation. I told myself rapture had taken place, but I convinced myself otherwise. In no time, people started gathering. A lot of people, sisters, brothers, women tying their scarves, holding their Bible in their hands, praying fervently for forgiveness. This is not the time to ask for forgiveness. It was too late. I couldn't move from my bed. 
I remember the pastor's message I had listened to a few months earlier that many people will not make it. Many people will not be raptured. Why was I among those who was not raptured? Why did I miss this timely moment of eternity? People started looking for one another. Parents looking out for their children. Brothers looking out for their sisters as a way to comfort themselves that they were not the only one in this bad boat. Then I saw a sister walked up to me. I remember her very well. She was very active in the choir. Beside her was another sister in the church whom I knew very, very well. She looked up to me and said, Oh, you are here also. Fine, that makes the three of us. The second sister recounted how she got up that morning, went into her husband's room and found that he wasn't there. She hurriedly ran to the children's room and found out that the children, her kids, were also missing. Then this sister who sang beautifully in the choir said to me, Oh, don't worry, don't bother about it. At this moment, only 23,000 people have been raptured. Don't you know, haven't you read it somewhere in the book of Isaiah that it's called a transcend theory? Transcend theory. I have never heard of anything like that in my life. I knew it was a lie. I knew it was just a theory that scholars came up with to console and comfort themselves. The transcend theory stated that only 23,000 people will be raptured. And that was to give a sign to those who are yet to be raptured that in a couple of months' time, they should prepare themselves so that they could also be raptured. I remember a scripture in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 15, that says, But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Then I remembered also 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That is the rapture. There is never an account in the scriptures that say that there is a transcendent theory that 23,000 people 
will be raptured and few months later other people will be raptured that is the only account of scriptures that show that in a moment in the twinkling of an eye our mortal body will change to immortality our corrupt body will change to incorruption and will be cut up that is the rapture i found myself walking on the streets and this traffic began the worst traffic i have ever seen in my life we all know that when the last man officials and the traffic officers go on the streets and there is a bad traffic after a couple of hours they are able to manage the situation and cause a free flow of traffic but this was not the case this was not the case because the uber man driving this young lady got raptured and 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 an accident occurred this traffic was endless because a bus driver who had a load of people in the buses was raptured and there was a head jam along the way. This chaos was horrible as many people were injured and fractured and many, many dead bodies lied on the streets. This traffic was endless. All of a sudden, I found myself walking through that traffic to another point where a party was going on it was a beautiful rented hall and i saw a lot of people gorgeously dressed i saw an aunt of mine and she looked at me and called out my name why are you not dressed are you not going to do your makeup hurry up people are going into the hall and they are settling down let's hurry up so we can take a space I want us to sit right in front so that we will have a clear view of all that is going on in this party so we don't miss out on anything. I went into the ladies' washroom and I saw women tying their ghillie, doing their makeup, oblivious of what was going on. These are the set of people who never really took time to understand or to learn the ways of God while grace was still available. They never paid attention. They never went to church. They never read their Bibles. They never took the important things that mattered in their eternity seriously. They didn't even know what was going on. All they were concerned about was the party that they wanted to attend. They were laughing and jesting unknown to them that rapture had taken place. I found myself talking with this other sister that sang beautifully in the church and there was a question I longed to ask her. I summoned up the courage and I finally said, where is pastor? And she said to me, pastor is at home. In fact, he has been crying all day. But I managed to console him about the transcend theory i'm not sure he really believes me but he will be fine trust me he will be fine i was shocked to realize that pastor did not make rapture also he was our mentor he was our overseer he was our guide what went wrong why did pastor did not why did pastor miss the rapture 
I finally found myself sobbing, crying, asking myself, why did I miss rapture? Instantly, I knew why. The moment you miss rapture, for those who know better, you will know why you missed the rapture. That why is the reason why you need to repent now. That thing you are keeping as a secret, that thing you are not proud to declare, is the reason why you need to repent now. Because when rapture takes place, you can no longer repent of those things. I knew why I missed rapture. I had a secret, something I had genuine, I hadn't genuinely repented of. It was an illicit affair. I did not repent of it. It was a lie. It was a hidden secret. I thought I had let it go, but I hadn't. I nursed the emotions in my thoughts. Yes, I was active in church. I sang in the choir. I did evangelism. I prayed for the sick. I was known by a lot of people. I led a lot of organizations. Yet, I had a secret. I wasn't a sinner. Neither was I a fornicator or an adulteress. That was the painful part of it. I never went to clubhouses. I never cheated nor stole anybody's money. Yet, I missed the rapture. Hmm. Could this be the little foxes that spoiled my vine? This little fox I didn't let go of. It's so true that life is not a showmanship. You can pretend to the whole world that you are a saint, but deep down there, you know who you really are. And trust me, it's just a thin line, a thin line away from eternity. This is the time to let it go. Whatever you don't have peace about, let it go. Whatever you have doubts and fear about, let it go. Whatever is not holy, let it go. Whatever it is that is a skeleton in your cupboard, let it go. Whatever it is you are keeping as a secret, let it go. Unforgiveness, jealousy, anger, bitterness and resentment, negativity, lustful thoughts, let it go. Let it go before it won't let you go. Check your motives. Why do you do what you do? Because God is a God that searches the innermost part of a human life. So here it is, brethren. Rapture is nearer than you can imagine. Over the years, we've heard that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is no longer coming soon. Jesus is coming now. The signs are all there. The world, the chaos, the pandemic, the attacks, the world, new world order, they are all there. The stage is set. This is the time to repent. Genuine repentance, forsaking anything or anyone that will entangle you. Letting go of all the idols, anything you have placed or you have given preference before God. Genuine forgiveness and reaching out to others. Holding on to the word of life. Reading and meditating on the scriptures. Yes, the pressures in the world are there. But God will not tempt us above that we are able. His word is there as a succor and a comfort for us. 
Can God count on you and I? Can God count on you and I to get the lost sheep? Matthew 9, 37 says, The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Our lives should be the Bible that others are reading. Our life should be so attractive that men would want to know our God. Making heaven is not head knowledge. It's not mouth knowledge. It's a decision that is born out of genuine love and intentional living. This is not the time to follow conspiracy theories. This is not the time to follow transient theories. You just have to let anything that will stand in your way move. This is the time you have to say, Lord, like a little child, I come to you. Break me, make me, mold me, use me for your glory. Let my innocence come forth from your presence. Let my life be a reflection of your glory. Yes, you cannot help yourself, but God is there. The Holy Spirit is there as your comforter. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and every other thing shall be added unto you. God is interested in your life. God is interested in your eternity. God wants to make all things new for you. This is the time to let it go. The miracle of healing is a good miracle. The miracle of raising the dead, the miracle of supernatural provision, they are great miracles. But the salvation of a lost soul is the most important miracle anyone can ever experience. Matthew chapter 9 verse 9 And as Jesus passed from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom and he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Are you ready to follow the master? This young man was at at his duty post and the master said to him, Follow me. And he rose up without questioning his authority. He followed. God is calling you. God is beckoning on you. Heaven is beckoning on you. Will you follow? John 3.16 My Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, man or woman, poor or rich, young or old, believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life but have eternity if you believe in him and you acknowledge him and confess him as your lord eternity is sure for you second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things have become new god wants to make all, all things new for you this is the time to allow him make all things new for you regardless of what you have gone through regardless of the pain that you have gone through this is not the time to allow the things of the world sway you away from his presence i want you to bow down your heads with me this morning if you want all things to be new if you want to be sure of your eternity this is the time to be sure if you are not sure father we thank you lord for your word this morning thank you lord for as many people that have received the word this morning yes we have time on our side now yes we have time on our path now to make the right decision for eternity 
And so, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray the prayer with my brother, with my sister, listening to the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I bring them before the throne room of grace and I ask for mercy. Mercy to be able to overcome addiction. Mercy to let go and let God. Mercy to be able to go on the right path. In the mighty name of Jesus. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So I want you to say after me this morning, say, Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that he died for me and he was raised for my justification. By this, I know that I am saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with my mouth confession is made unto salvation. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life and being my Lord and being my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, everyone. I pray that you remain rapturable. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.